here. Welcome to the Crystal Crawford Show. Welcome to looking at the back of my laptop. I'm Crystal. For those of you guys that don't know me, I am an Access Consciousness Certified Facilitator and I live in Canada. I'm an American living in Canada. And I travel the world creating and producing and being a part of live Access Consciousness classes all over the world and online access consciousness classes all over the world because there's online interwebs almost everywhere. And um, this on this show, we really talk about uh, the tools of access consciousness. And I like to give each week a topic so that you can sort of pick and choose like if you get that this one would contribute to you and I riff on it and I give you tools. And so the purpose of this show is to, to hopefully contribute to your life in a way where you can walk away with stuff that you can actually use in your life. And I call this week's episode um, the question that I asked you in an email about a week ago. And it's called, what was something pivotal for you when you first read the How to Become Money Workbook? Hi, Martha. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Susan. Nice to see you guys. What was something pivotal for you when you first read the How to Become Money Workbook? Now, as I usually do have when I'm doing one of these shows, I have a How to Become Money Workbook class starting on Wednesday. But I'm doing this one very different than I've done before. Most of the time when I do that particular class, I go through the entire workbook. And if you in one sitting go through the How to Become Money Workbook class or workbook, it takes about four hours, honestly. So I've broken this particular workbook class into 10 calls. So we're going to be meeting around this topic for an hour a week uh, starting Wednesday. And you can check out the link above my head. But I... I know a lot of people that have gone through this workbook and I wanted to get their feedback on like the thing that stood out for them when they went through it and then sort of use that to riff or to spark things in my world that I can I can give you to start to use in your life now. Here's the very, very short synopsis. The thing about money is that you never, ever, ever, hi Lisa, you never have a money problem. You only ever have a being and receiving problem. And if you ever take any money classes with Shannon O'Hara, she is like, she is like probably the biggest voice for this reality. But what I got first out of the, the money workbook, when I, when I really, really took my financial reality and like took it apart and was like, this has to change because I keep creating the same shit over and over and over. Hi, Suzanne. Hi, Liga. Um, what I first started to get about money was that I am the source of everything. I'm the source of everything in my life. I'm the source of the shit. I'm the source of the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm the source. And there's almost no other book on the planet that sort of drills this into you or melts you into the awareness of this reality like the workbook. Now, some of the other things that other people got out of it went like this. This lady said, I just read it while waiting for my daughter to fall asleep. And she said, I realize that I can pull money in through my entire body. I can pour it out limitlessly and I can keep receiving more energy through my back. Now, one of the exercises that the workbook takes us through as we're going through it over this next 10 weeks is it takes us through actually getting the energy of money. It talks a lot about like, hey, what are your fixed points of view about money? What are all of the, what, what is it that you think money is? What is money? What does it feel like? What does it look like? What does it taste like? Um, and so we start going through all that stuff in great detail. But one of the exercises that it takes us through is this exercise where you can actually start to get a sense of money as an energetic reality. How many of you guys were given education when you were growing up that money is an energetic reality? Yeah, me neither. I didn't get that class. I didn't go to that school. 
So in my you know, in my world growing up, my mom and my dad um, raised us in a trailer park. We lived in a trailer park in the middle of Kansas City, Missouri, in the middle of the United States. They were, she was 21, my dad was 27 when I was born. My grandfather passed away while she was pregnant with me. I think I just got some awareness about that just now. <laughs> I also teach classes on entities. Um, <laughs> and so I grew up, I, I was born into a family with like no money. And all, and they argued so much, they like fought each other constantly. And so my, my family's financial reality was really, really stressed all the time. And basically my mom's thing was like, we have no money, we have no money. So that's not a reality in which you learn that money is everywhere. You learn in that particular scenario that money is limited, that there's a, a limited and short supply of it, that we can survive, but only barely. Um, you know, my mom was very, very creative with the little bit that she had, so I got that out of it. But what I learned about money is that there isn't very much, you don't have very much, and it's hard to get. And so when you grow up and that's your functional state with money and like you're trying to change money in your world and you're trying to like have a greater reality and you want to travel all these access classes and you want to do all these cool things in your life, it's very, very important to get down to the roots of that and go, yeah, this is actually what I think is a reality. This is what I think is true and real. And that's what the workbook starts to do is it has you start to look at like, hey, what, do you, what have you bought is true and real? And is it? I mean, conversation after conversation after conversation in the workbook goes, okay, so you think that's real and true. Is it? I can't tell you how many times he asks that to the people in the workbook. And, and that is something now that I've really, even now today in the last week, that's a tool that I've been using for other things. Like, I have bought over the course of my life that other people's need is real. So if they are projecting need at me, I need this from you, I need you to do this, this is the timing of this, I need this. Um, I've bought or resisted that thing, which means I'm either aligning, you either align and agree with something or resist it, and that means you think it's real. Instead of going, oh, that's just an interesting point of view and what am I aware of, right, which is, another way you can use that. But so, so the question is, what are your points of view about money and are they real, are they true? Just because you have experience with something doesn't mean it's real and true, it just means you have experience that occurred, something occurred, right? So people will say, well, that's my experience. Is it real, is it true? Well, that's my experience. That's a cop out, by the way. And that's actually you negating you and what's actually true for you. So anyway, I'm sort of like, all over the map with this, but this this lady's thing, she's like, I didn't even realize that you could pull money in with your whole body. And actually, you can pull the energy of money in with your whole being. And you as an infinite being are very fucking huge. You're infinite. And you want to pull money in through the totality of your being. From the front, from the back, from the bottom, from the sides, from the top. And start to break up that solidity that you bought that's so goddamn real for you around money. That is an epic exercise and we will definitely be using that. Okay, what did Elena say? Oh, sh Elena's just starting to read the book. She said she'll let me know what she gets out of it. Um, this person went through it six to seven years ago and she said pivotal moment was the amount of limited talk and thought I was creating with. She was like shocked at the amount of limited thought and talk that she was creating in and around money. And that was a huge piece for me too. I remember like 
So my total transformation with money the last time was like three years ago, I think. And I had done pretty well for myself. I was living in this big shiny house in Vancouver. I had access roommates. I had a really nice sexy car. Hi Frank, Fredella, hi Adele, hi Guy. You know, by all accounts, I was doing okay. My business was doing okay, right? But I was really, 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 really struggling. And I was having this sort of like downward spiral inside. And I remember getting up one day going, ah, this fucking changes today. Like, it changes today. And the one thing I had never done that Gary always told us to do was go through that damn workbook. So that was when I started. And when I went through it for the first time, I was like shocked at how many, from the moment I woke up in the morning till the moment I went to sleep at night, how many thoughts and feelings and emotions I had about money. From the moment I woke up, I was in my bank accounts thinking about how much I didn't have. Yes, it changed my world too. Hi, Dominique. From the moment I woke up, I was thinking about how much I didn't have. On and on and on and on and on and on through the day. And every and so there was no control in my world for my thoughts. There was no, I wasn't doing any, I wasn't doing anything about the fact that my thoughts and my feelings and my emotions about money were just like running amok. I had a bunch of like two-year-olds in my head called negative and uh shit thoughts about money running through my head constantly nonstop 24 7 and and I wasn't doing anything about it but I actually didn't get that that it was in those moments that my fierce control was required it was working for me in some way to be limited and so I was just allowing that to go on and when I got into the workbook for the first time I had this awareness that like wow if I really want this to change I am going to be have to be so present with every single thing that comes through my head in regards to money because there's so much of it. And if, I, if I'm not present with it, it's just gonna like go willy-nilly and I'm just gonna be all over the map when it comes to me. I'm gonna be feeling stressed and feeling worried and like freaking out and like just ugh. And so I started taking key sections in the workbook and actually using them in those moments. I got really aggressive with myself. Like some of you guys have taken how to become money classes with me before, right? But I got aggressive. And I literally would start thinking down a certain way, like down this, I can't and it's never gonna happen and I don't have enough. And I would literally go stop, just stop. And I would insert tool here, right? Like insert tool here. So I would go like, I am, and there's a bunch of tools you can use from the workbook. It's like, I am money, I am power, I am control, I am awareness, I am creativity, fuck that shit. I'm not doing that anymore. And I, Shannon is one of the only facilitators, Shannon and Gary Douglas, I think, are two of the only facilitators that have really talked about that there are times when you have to force yourself into things. And I remember when I first heard them say that, I didn't, I didn't really get it. Even though I had done it, I didn't really get it. Since then, and in the creation of the success of my business and in success with money, I have really, really gotten what they mean. Because there are certain ways of thinking and being with things that feel automatic they do you've been doing it for so long you've been thinking in this way for so long like they just feel automatic it's like a runaway train that you just can't get in front of before it runs away with you the thing is that if it comes to a point for you where you really need something to change that sort of becomes the moment when you're like willing to get in front of the runaway train even if it runs you over so if you're not quite there yet just hang on let it get worse before before it gets better and you'll get there but that's where it got for me was like, I was so done with being run over by my own 
unconsciousness with money that I just got in front of the runaway train like every single time that it came through my head. And so it was, it was, it was a lot of work in the beginning because I had so much negativity. I keep using the word negativity. I don't know another word for it. I was just a bundle of worry and stress and this is hard and it's never going to work and I can't do this. Like that was all my thoughts all the time. And um, so it took, it took a fair bit of work in the beginning to like get in front of every one of those trains and so that I didn't get run over by them, you know? And I would literally like, my, my thoughts would go crazy and I was like, no, I'm choosing this because I'm choosing this because I'm choosing this. You know, like if I started to go into a story about something, the, one of the 10 keys to total freedom is don't listen to, tell, or buy the story. Don't listen to, tell, or buy the story. So, you know, so if I'd start going into, well, I would choose this, but... I'd stop myself right at the butt. And it was uncomfortable. I would stop myself right at the butt or the because, because that's when you know you're about to do a story justifying why you can't. You never tell a story in that regard to justify why you can. You don't, you never notice, you don't hear yourself saying like, well, um, I will do this and here's why. Well, sometimes you do that, I guess. But most of the time when you're like, I would do this, there's always a but. I would do this and I really want to do this but. I can do this but, right? That's where you're about to justify why you can't. So I'd have to jump in front of that moving train and go, ah, fuck it. I can't, or I'm not doing this because I'm not doing this because I'm not doing this because I'm not doing this. And I really literally had to like every step of the way, like take myself by the suspenders and by the balls and just go, nope, we're changing this. Nope, we're changing this. Nope, we're changing this. Nope, we're changing this. And again, in the 10 keys to total freedom, like we talk about choice in every 10 seconds, like you have a new choice in every 10 seconds. Most of your new choices are internal like that. You know, I, I see a lot of people going, well, I have a new choice in every 10 seconds so I can change my mind. And that's not really what we're talking about with that key. It's like, you've got a new choice in every 10 seconds of what you're gonna be with you. And when you're changing something as fundamental as money, what kind of aggressive presence is needed from you to you to change it? Because every time you let yourself get washed away and worry and stress and lack and need, that's you like not using your control to go, no, we're not doing this. We're going to choose something else here. I'm going to choose interesting point of view. I'm going to choose I am money. I am control. I am creativity. I am awareness. I am power. I'm going to choose to take my train on a different track right now. Not later. Not when I'm already like down at the end of the stream, like battered by rocks and trees and badgers. But now before I get to the end of the stream. Cause like, da, 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 right? And I didn't know at the time that that ability to choose something different in the moment was gonna, I didn't, one, I didn't know it was gonna take so much work at the beginning. And two, I didn't really know if I could do it, but I knew that if I didn't do it, nothing was gonna change. And three, I actually didn't know how effective it would be. Cause what happens when you're willing to put in that work on the back end of your reality with money uh, your your whole future changes. I have a totally different future now than I would have had had I let myself get run over again continually with the worry and the need and the lack. But I think part of what occurs with a lot of us, especially well in the world, and also then even getting into access tools, is we sort of we sort of expect that if we run some clearings or we you know read a book once that the topic should change. The thing about money and a lot of other things in our life, but money is such a great facilitator, is that there's so many points of view. 
and we've been functioning from unconsciousness for so long that it takes a minute and it takes work. It takes the willingness to get to work on you. Can you run clearings? Absolutely. That's what we're gonna, part of what we're going to do. But a lot of what we're going to do is we're going to take these 13 questions in the, in the How to Become Money workbook and we're going to get our responses to them. And then I do something different I've never seen anybody else do. Um, we, it's a very participatory class. Like it's not one of those classes you just sign up for and like go on mute. It's like, if you want to change this, you got to participate, you got to engage. And so we engage with your points of view and we start to look at how that, you know, like let's say we look at the question like, what is money? And the workbook asks you to write down three questions. What is money? So you write down air, slobber, and walnuts. I don't know, whatever. Weird shit comes out. And so we look at wellness and we go, okay, well, what's the energy? Like what, what I ask is like, well, what comes up for you when you look at that word walnuts? Something always comes up. And every time that thing comes up, it's at like one of the pivotal keys, locks and keys to where you've been functioning from with money forever, always. So the workbook sort of asks you this weird question, gets you to respond in whatever way you respond. And then what I do is we start to facilitate what's underneath that so that you can start to have more space to choose. Now that isn't gonna negate the work you need to do in between in order for this to change for you. But what if we stopped functioning from the fantasy that everything will just be fine, it'll just take care of itself? Have you guys ever done that with your garden out in the back? Like, has anybody on the live ever had a garden? <laughs> so when we were kids, uh, my dad loved the earth and we had, um, we, so I grew up in a trailer park, but then my, my, uh, hi Martha, hi Isan, nice to see you. Hi Jamie. Grew up in a trailer park, but then when I was five, my dad got a really, really good job uh, in Colorado. So we, I grew up in Missouri, right in the middle of the U.S., and then he got a great job in Colorado. So we moved the whole family. I think at the time we were three kids. There ended up being five of us. So I was the oldest. But we had three kids, so we moved to Colorado, and they, he had enough of a salary that they were able to buy a house in a really nice subdivision. And it was a brand new subdivision, so it was built for us, and it had all these customizations and everything. Anyway, we had a very, very big backyard. And so one of the first things he swore to himself was that he was gonna have a garden. So he did, like they bought these um, incredibly huge railroad timbers and like dug them into the ground so that he could have like a nice rectangular, you know, raised garden bed. And, and then you have to amend the soil in Colorado. It's just uh, basically sand and like hard clay. So, you know, you build it up and then you put all that bunch of manure and good stuff in there. And so we had a garden for a while. But then after a while, life got busy and arguments ensued and unhappiness was rampant in our house. And so the garden, you know, fell into disrepair. And that's because gardens don't take care of themselves. I mean, gardens will go in the direction that they go because they go there based on the water they receive and the sun that they receive. And they, they don't have a point of view. But if you want to create something with your garden, you've got to be willing to engage with it and cultivate it and weed it and nourish it and care for it, for it to grow into the thing that you would like it to be for your life. And the same is true of your money reality. If it isn't just a clearing that you're going to run over and over and over that's going to change this for you, it's going to require from you aggressive presence. 
and choice in every moment and the willingness to have a totally different reality. And, and I think that's something I see a lot in a lot of different areas. You know, I've, I'm doing a class right now called 21 Days to New Choices with Your Body. And I see us taking these classes like this thing will be the answer. You know, if I take this class, maybe that will be the answer to my weight gain. Or if I take this class, that'll be the answer to my money. No, it's going to be a, another piece in what's required for you to choose a different reality. Because the thing that changes your reality with anything, with money, is the choice to have a different reality. And that's what changed mine. Like that, that story, I, I always talk about this story because it was so pivotal, where I woke up and I was like, this is changing today. And I don't care what I have to do, I don't care what I have to be, I don't care what I have to practice, this is changing. And every single time I've done that in my life, that thing changes. And I'm willing at that point to do whatever's required. I'm willing at that point to be really present and to make the changes in where I'm functioning from. Are you willing to be that for you? And if you were, would your financial reality change? Okay. Okay, and so what Susanna got out of this, her pivotal moment, was that it's me that creates and not money. And I remember that moment so, 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 so vividly. Hi, Diana. Hi, Jen. Hi, Sandra. So that over and over and over in the workbook, um, Roz talks about how we are the source of creation. You are the source of creation. You create and then stuff shows up. And what most of us are creating all the time is not enough. And so we're creating it gloriously. We're creating not enough gloriously. We're creating lack gloriously. We're creating need gloriously. Like we are putting so much energy into not enough, can't do it, won't ever have it. Like gotta have stuff for survival. Like we're putting all of our creative energy into not enough. And so that's exactly what's showing up. And I remember the moment when it switched for me where I really, in the beginning you hear that and you're like, oh fuck, that's so great, I'm creating shit, that's great, right? You have total judgment about yourself. I've never really met anybody that doesn't judge themselves for creating shit. Instead of celebrating that, fuck me, if I can create a big pile of shit, I can create magic. But I remember the moment when that changed for me and I was like, oh, like that's actually incredible when you start to look at the fact that you are the source of everything, that you create everything that shows up in your life. Because did you, if you can create all that, then what, what could you create if you were really creating success? Holy shit. Like how much energy am I put in, putting into creating not enough? A little bit or a megaton? And of course it's megaton. And I, it was like, like just something, a light bulb went off and I was like, I've never actively created doing this well until that moment, until that moment where I made a demand. I was like, oh, like really, truly, like everything shows up by my choice and I've been choosing not enough and I've been choosing lack and I've been choosing need. And you know, that moment when the light bulb goes off that those things are actually a choice and that you're not, at, you're not really and truly at the effect of anything and not even really at the effect of your childhood. You've put yourself there. You've put yourself at the effect of those things. But are you actually? Is it real? Is it true? No, it turns out it's not real and true. And so, yeah, that it's me that creates and not money. So, so when I started to realize how much disempowerment I had done to myself, it was pretty shocking. I had disempowered myself almost completely. Like, I felt like I was a victim of 
my business. I felt like I was a victim of my upbringing. I felt like I was a victim of all my own points of view. I was a victim of my the way my head worked because it was constantly like going into worry and stress and lean and lack, right? I just was like in victim totally. And and so this for me, this shift from feeling like a victim into, okay, I'm the source. It took probably about eight times going through that workbook, nine times, 10 times. Um, and that's why in access, some, some of these tools, like they need to be repeated over and over and over and over and over and over and over because we've got so much goddamn unconsciousness that needs to melt. So yeah, I remember when it finally became good news that if I could create a pile of shit, I could also create an epic situation. And, um, and so, and, and that's, that's the moment that I wish for you. And that's why I facilitate this class the way that I do, because if you do not give up and if you continue to show up with this workbook, your, your reality will change, but you have to continue to show up for and with it. And you don't need a facilitator to go through it, but sometimes five minutes with a facilitator can save you 10 years of time in your head. And so always ask with these classes, because there's lots of us doing these classes. If I, ch if I choose this, what will my life be like in five years? Um, because if it'll be greater, that's where, that's where you want to start to use the bit of consciousness that you've got in your world to make choices that are going to actually outstretch what you think is your limited reality. And that's how I've changed everything in my life, is I choose way beyond what I think I'm capable of. And I just create almost to catch up with my choices. It's not, it's not exactly accurate, but that's sort of how it feels to me. So yeah, you are the source that shows up with, uh, that, that it, you are the source of everything that shows up in your life. And that can be the best news on the planet. What would it take for that to be exciting for you? Let's see here. Susan said that her pivotal moment was that, hi, Justine, that money was an energy and that she could communicate and connect with it like any other energy from a place of neutrality. It was huge to give myself permission to dump the screwy beliefs and blaming around money. Yeah. See, money is actually just a concept. We think it's all kinds of things. We think it's cash and gold and houses and clothes and food and all this stuff. Money's a concept around which we build a reality. And so most of us build a reality of lack and scarcity. And we continue to feed that every single day. Like that's the reality that's getting all our juice, all our attention, all our tears, all our feelings. Like that's what's getting all our energy. And what the workbook starts to do is it starts to present up the possibility. It does a few things. It melts that reality out of existence over and over, over and over, over and over. And then it starts to insert into its place a possible reality that you could choose in every second. And that's the thing about changing realities is that both are required, especially when it's a, a functional space from which you've been functioning for billions of years, right? Like with money, there's these functional spaces we've been functioning from forever. So you need to melt that out of existence, but you also need to have this other conversation where you can begin to choose the reality that really does work for you. Choose to claim the power of you. And one of my favorite things in the workbook, and I put this out on a graphic, in Facebook land is that in order to become the power of you, you've got to be willing to manifest all of life as ease and joy and glory. Being the power of you means life really is ease and joy and glory. 
And what do you think we refuse more dynamically than anything else? Ease, joy, and glory. So it's not our brightest choice, but there is a different possibility available. And it, will, it requires you to participate and engage in the creation of a different internal functional space for yourself. So what would it take for you to choose it? Well, who or what can you add to your life that would catalyze you into a different choice? And what's your, are you going to take the long way and suffer for the next 10 years? Or are you going to make a different demand of yourself and shortcut that by demanding that you start to create something different for yourself now? The tools are available. The people are available. What will you choose? If you guys got anything out of this, share this with your friends. And if you want to change your reality, we start on Wednesday and the link's right above my head. See you soon.